quick question for you. Hey, let me ask you something. Can I ask you a question? Can you dig it? Yes, guy. Can you dig it? Yes, guy. The man with the words you've been dying to hear. Yes, guy. This is the Yes Guy Show with Jim Taddy on TSN 1050. Oh, yes, guy. Let's add a little boo 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 as well. Welcome to Yes Guy, Jim Taddy, and noted author Perry Lefko with you. Coming up on our broadcast, Charles Park, uh, our real estate sponsor, is going to talk about the real estate market. Will Wong will be by at Will W is uh, sorry at Mister Will W is the Twitter account. He is the sovereign award-winning photographer at the racetrack. Uh, so there's going to be some great uh, things developed there. Uh-huh. And then Jim Cuddy will stop by as well. And, of course, the obligatory Yes Guy, No Guy on the way out. Perry, how are you today, sir? Jim, I'm doing fantastic. Took a few days off uh, to go with my family to spend some time in Stony Lake, and it's been a great experience. Well, that's good. it's always good to uh, to hit the reset button, isn't it? I think, uh, you know, it's been such a, it's a great summer. It's been a little hot, but sometimes you just got to go away. Stony Lake is near Peterborough. Just to see, you know, a part of the country that we haven't seen before. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I actually looked at my calendar the other day and realized I hadn't had a week off since June. So uh, there's still some time for me to do that. I'm going to look at September and see if I can come up with anything. But, you know, that's everything's been in an altered state depending on what line of work you're in. And, and certainly last year I had tons of time off. Not that I wanted it, but everything got shut down. So this year I've made up for it. But uh, at times I uh, could use a break. So I'm going to put my best man on it and see what we come up with um what was your take on the friday night ticats win i thought it was interesting because now we have a controversy you know the ticats i thought played well with dane evans at quarterback and i think the montreal alouettes are going in the wrong direction right now i think this you know the quarterbacking hasn't been that good and there was so much expected of of, of al's quarterbacking this year but it just hasn't lived up to it and it's i know it's early it's only four games but uh you know, maybe it is a cause for concern with Vernon Adams. Okay, before we get going, Fox 40 is proud to announce the launch of Ron Foxcroft's new book, The 40 Ways of the Fox. Order your copy today at fox40shop.com. Net proceeds go to Liberty for Youth and City Kids, two organizations that do wonderful work in our community. And looking for an experienced real estate agent, Charles Park Managing Broker, REMAX West Realty Brokerage, has 26 award-winning years of real estate experience. So looking for the highest level of knowledge, experience, and service, put Charles Park in your corner. Visit charlespark.ca or call him or text him at 647 Two nine two, eighty eight eighty six. Servicing from Hamilton to Kingston, from Toronto to Muskoka. Charles Park will not be outworked by anybody. In fact, he's so busy, he's with us now. Charles, how are you today, sir? Good, Jim. And lordy, lordy, is it forty? Congratulations, <laughs> buddy. Forty. That's right. Forty shows. I thought you were talking the temperature, and I went, no, no. It's forty shows of <laughs> Yes Guy. <laughs> and you're such a supporter, you would know that before I would. <laughs> that's classic. Forty episodes, buddy. That's amazing. Thank you. you know, yeah. Thanks for having me on. Oh no! I, hey, look, I appreciate your support. There's no no question about that. And and you know, people like yourself and and Dean are you know I don't want to go through all our sponsors, but Fox and and uh, who am I missing here? Herb Braley. I mean, you know, we we can't do a show without our sponsors. So so let's help you out here. What what is a what's the market update now? So let's uh, quickly run over some uh, stats. So right now, the average price is hovering in and around. This is according to the Toronto Regional Real Estate Board. Uh, 1,062,256 for July of 2021. 
Now, that's a 12.6% increase from July of 2020 at 943,594. So affordability is slowly and surely declining. But uh, the flip side of that is, is that transactions are down about 15%. So we're running in uh, serious these inventory issues uh, in and around the greater Toronto area. So uh, we're, we're down about almost 30% in inventory with, that we would normally have this time of year. So that is contributing to the upward pressure on prices because there's just not enough to choose from. Charles, I want to echo what Jim said. This is our 40th show, and thanks for people such as yourselves for supporting us. It means a lot. When you just talked about affordability, what does that mean for young people trying to get into the market? Is there hope? There is generally hope, and that, I'm glad you asked that question, Perry. Like, there are pockets. I'm not sure people are really paying attention to where uh, you know, they can get into the market. And I wanted to share with you, actually, a couple of these pockets. Uh, Mississauga, actually, ironically, seems to be affordable. I used to live in Mississauga. Uh, they, you know, 20, 30, 40 years ago built a lot of smaller townhomes and semis and small detaches. So affordability seems, if you're going to be close to the uh, Toronto area, really good in, in Mississauga. Their average pricing is around 963 So when you compare that to the average pricing that I just kind of threw out there, there is value there. Uh, I'm sitting up here in Georgina. The average pricing up here is about 926 But amazingly, if I just go a little bit east, so North Durham, Brock, the average pricing is down at 748 and that is, that is incredible value to be, you know, within a stone's throw of the greater Toronto area. And if you want to be further south, Oshawa is looking amazing at $784,000. So $784,000, that should be obtainable to, the, you know, to, to any entry-level buyer. And last but not least, Orangeville, $754,000 average price. So there are areas in and around the greater Toronto area that you can get into. So if the first-time home buyer, if you're willing to do a little bit of a commute, you can get in. Well, and the thing about that is uh, because of the altered work status of a lot of people, uh, you can do a lot of your stuff from home. So, I mean, it's, it's a changing market that way too, isn't it? It most certainly is, Jim. And you know what? I, 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 I deal with a lot of my agents and their clients. And, you know, the, you know I'm, gonna, I'm talking to your listening base right now. There's a lot of people out there that are making sacrifices uh, to get into the home market, uh, you know, hopefully they're not, uh, you know, making too many big sacrifices, uh, especially you know, those with uh, small families and, uh, and children. And, and we talked about this uh, just yesterday. You know, like what do you have to sacrifice? You've got uh, children who are, you know, uh, in, let's say in sporting programs, and they, you know, they, it, it's, it's very expensive to carry, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, young children uh, and, and carry them say through hockey. These are more expensive organized sports, and you don't want to see these people have to sacrifice their budgets in order to give their family a good home and be able to give them all the ancillary, you know, services and, and exposures uh, so that they can grow and develop into, you know, great athletes that we enjoy today. You know, Charles, I've been living in Mississauga since 1994. It used to be a tremendous green belt, but there's been so much development and there's a lot of condo developments right now. So what can you tell people the difference between buying a condo and buying a house? Glad you asked that question, too. <laughs> uh, as, a, as a staunch supporter of the condominium uh, industry, uh, I think that the affordability is always going to be in, in high rise. 
uh, as we can see just by, uh, if you just take a look around, the affordability of low-rise, like, you know, especially in single-family detached, is, is, is almost unattainable for, for people. So the dream of home ownership really does go to a product like a condominium. Uh, but there's, a, there's been a big, I think past governments have made mistakes. Uh, no one really anticipated uh, where we're going to be today, say four or five, even 10 years ago. So when all these buildings, the, all these housing starts, all the permits were issued, there were an enormous amount of, of a condominium uh, permits issued, but there just wasn't enough low-rise housing permits issued. So there is a missing middle uh, and almost a, you know, a missing um, entry-level single-family home, people that want to have a family. You, you can't live in a one-bedroom condo. So uh, if, if I look, and even looking on the, on the rental side, and, and I'm going to speak to, uh, I'm gonna, probably going to, you know, make a few people angry here. But we know that there are speculators out there. And the speculators go out and they buy condominiums uh, in droves. And what they're doing is they're renting them out. So you've got these individual landlords going out and, they're, and they're, they need to capitalize on whatever it costs them to carry a condominium and rent it to, the, you know, to someone in the general public. And these lease rates have been slowly increasing at astronomical rates as well. They're almost, they almost outpace uh, the affordability of, of buying a home now. So I, I do understand that we're trying to fix the problem. I just don't think the government has enough foresight to see that the supply issue is really being addressed because when you take away the supply, it increases demand and puts upper pressure on both leasing and on mortgages. You know, just going through this, just sort of like glossing over what you've just said over the last couple of minutes, um, I, I think the average person would listen to that and go, okay, so these prices are, are tracking upward. Um, the economy is not really. Uh, for some reason, the stock market is okay, but unemployment is high, um, and, and the workforce hasn't really recovered from the pandemic. It's it's trying to, but but it's in an altered state. How does all this happen at the same time? I mean, really, shouldn't those prices not be going up? You know, disposable income is usually what people throw away to, to, to you know, <laughs> get into home ownership. Um, I, I just looked at some some quick statistics on Statistics Canada just uh, recently. I was just kind of curious to see what the average household after-tax income was across Canada, and I compared it to what we have here in Ontario. Ironically, it's about $66,000 is what the average household is pulling in after taxes. And if you look at uh, the average, like if we're, if we're talking about an average $1 million price point for people to get into, and let's say they miraculously have that 20% down payment, and we have these extremely low interest rates available to people. Well, even though you take an $800,000 mortgage out, you're still paying $3,200 a month just for that mortgage. And it's, so you've got to look at the qualifying income. We're at the peak, so people have sacrificed their lifestyle for home ownership, it seems, but we're we're really reaching ahead because if the average household income is now we're at fifty percent of what you're making per month just on your mortgage, how much how much room is there to grow? Yeah, it's, uh, Charles. Just following up on dilemma. that, you talked before about limited supply. I think the problem is exacerbated because there's a shortage of lumber right now due to everything that's happening in the world. Do you know if, if government should take an active step in trying to make premiums available for builders to really want to um, increase supply? Um, the, the governments with the red tape 
And with the you know surcharges and levies that they charge, these are what we, what we refer to as soft costs. Uh, and what they level onto the builders are, are really ridiculous. Uh, if you compare us as a country to other countries who can accelerate uh, permits at a much faster rate than we can and, and with, with less, less red tape, uh, you would probably get more interest from more builders to build more supply. But uh, that's something that, the unfortunately, uh, we're kind of powerless and we're kind of sitting on the sidelines uh, watching. And if, if anyone uh, is in a position to, to influence the government and making it easier to increase supply, I highly suggest that, that you take that initiative because we are in a housing crisis right now. Uh, just one more before we let you go. So, you know, we've talked about this, you and I, many times over the years, the market correction. Uh, the real estate market is, is, in my opinion, the truest thing out there because it does, it goes uh, off and then it comes back. Um, and so if you've got a, a low supply now, obviously that drives the price up, which obviously creates more listings. What's the time that, that, that it would take for that to happen? Well, actually, that it's the opposite. We don't have enough listings. Uh, I, I think the, the No, you the don't cost- now, but... but, but yeah, you don't now, but you're getting a good price, so people will see that and go, well, look at the price that guy got. I'm going to list now. Right. You know, for people that want to capitalize, most definitely, uh, if you own real estate, the happiest uh, tune that you can hear is that these prices are going astronom- astronomically high. Some of them are reasonable. There are pockets in, in the greater Toronto area that you, you, you almost have to question as to why uh, the prices are going up so much. Um, like, we're, we're looking at single-digit percentage increases in the 416 versus 20, 22% uh, price increases in the 905. That's an imbalance in and itself. Uh, obviously, you know, the, the underlying story there might be, you know, people want more, you know, more square footage, and that's why uh, the, the prices in the 905 have, uh, have increased so quickly. But I don't necessarily think that people are thinking about cashing out uh, unless they have an alternate means uh, of affordability uh, to move into, and that's where... I think the hesitation is, and then the lack of supply, uh, and you know, ends up being a continuing issue. Charles, thanks for stopping by. Thanks for your support. Really appreciate it. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Look forward to hearing from you. Yeah, Charles Park. So if you're an experienced real estate agent looking for a comprehensive value and a distinct advantage, contact Charles Park Managing Broker, REMAX West Realty Brokerage, offering state-of-the-art technologies with exclusive coaching and mentoring. For a confidential interview, call Charles at 647-292-8886 or email charles at remaxwest.net. Coming up next, Mr. Will Wong. This is Yes Guy, TSN 1050, tsn1050.ca, also available on the TSN and iHeartRadio apps. Stay safe in the water this summer for all your marine safety needs. Visit fox40shop.com. Use the code YESGUY for 15% off your entire order. This segment is sponsored by Braley Financial Advisors Incorporated. Financial advisor Herb Braley, ready to help you with your financial needs. If you want a comfortable and real conversation about your options, contact Herb at 1-877-734-3055 or visit his website, braleyadvisors.com. With 30 years of experience, Herb will help you do what you want to do with your money, get it back to you when you need it the most financial clarity and comfort with braley financial advisors incorporated yes guy this is yes guy jim taddy and perry lefko with you our next guest is will wong at mr will w is the twitter account sovereign award winner photographer great guy will how are you today sir i am great thank you guys for having me on the show it's a pleasure absolutely how's it going uh, it's going well, and, and you can improve on it uh, by having some fun with us here. Uh, so you were at the Queen's Plate, the Qu- Queen's Plate last Sunday. What what were some of the memorable shots you took there? 
Oh, my goodness. Well, it's just compared to last year, I mean, there was no spectators allowed. And then this year was just, I mean, 50, even at 50% capacity, it was just electric. It was amazing just seeing the fans out in the grandstand again, hearing cheers as the horses came down uh, to the finish line. That was just, you know, it reminded me what I missed so much about the sport, and that's what it was exactly. It was the, it was the fan interaction that brought out this incredible energy. And, uh, yeah, it was just a reminder what I love so much about the Queen's plate. But well, Will, I snaps, saw some... Sorry about that. Yeah, in terms of snaps, I mean, yeah, like, it's not hard... I'll tell you this. It's not hard photographing horses. They're so beautiful. Like, I mean, the, the, the magic is right there. I just have to be there to snap. So it's not really that tough when you're capturing such beautiful subjects. Sorry to cut you off. Go ahead. That's okay. So when it comes to horses, last week at the Queen's Plate, you were wearing a crown... And after it was over, you proved you were the champion, the king of the world. Because as I understand it, you picked the winner, you picked the second place horse. That is marvelous handicapping. Thank you, my friend. I, I am king of the exactor. When I know there, when to single a horse on top, when, I, when I'm confident that horse is going to win, what I usually do is a bet called, it's just an exactor wheel I pick all the rest of the field to come second. You know, a little bit of an investment, but it paid off. I mean, uh, I, I was confident that one had it. I mean, he... Coming into it, just frame of reference, he was running against some really tough horses in the states, and that was enough to put him head and shoulders above the competition, and it paid off. Sure. So, so how much did it pay off? Let's have the oh. totals here. The CRA is not yeah. listening. <laughs> Let me recall. Like on, a, on, on a one dollar bet, I think it was about what, just under eighty dollars. That's which is oh. pretty good investment because it was only like a twelve dollar bet or thirteen dollar bet. So yeah, you know, uh, yeah. So happy with that. I, I love playing the exactors. I'm not a huge better, but you know what? When I when I win a little bit of money back, it's always some coffee money. So I'm happy to have coffee. I mean, wait, the track has this interesting energy, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, absolutely. And when there weren't spectators there, it's just it was a bit eerie, to be honest. You know, and then just seeing them back, it was just yeah, that's that's what was missing. Well, one thing I know about you, wherever you are, there's going to be a celebrity fairly close by because you're a magnet. And it so happened that you were sitting beside Penny Alexiak. Like, did Penny Alexiak's people say, "I want Penny to be sitting beside Mr. Will Wong"? That's exactly the way it went down. That's exactly it. I'm, I'm sticking to that story, and I'm going to run, run with it. <laughs> no, but uh, no, it was just like she was, she was very present. I mean, she was out and about, and it just happened that I was at that right place at the right time. I, was just, I think I was just capturing uh, snaps of uh, the, uh, listen, his name's Rodlin James. He sang the anthem. He's like a universal music artist. And then I turned to my right, oh my, and that's, that's been my life. And this is, uh, in essence, my, my career as a blogger, it's been a lot of luck. I mean, um, part of what I do, it's, uh, it, it's capturing celebrity snaps and, you know, doing doing red carpets. Uh, we do you know red carpet interviews. We do you know press junkets, things of that sort. So I've been incredibly lucky in that regard. Um, just some some of the opportunities and connections I've built in my I think twelve years of blogging now. You know, watching the uh, coverage on TSN when when Penny said "Riders Up" and then she bellowed into the mic how nervous she was. I mean, that, that was kind of a, a, a neat moment. I mean, fairly humble. I mean, you, you wouldn't know what to expect out of her because we're just used to her athletic um, success, but, but a very genuine person, right? Oh, for sure. She's just, I mean, something has brought her all, all the way to the top, and it's definitely, uh, you know, humility, I'm sure, has a big part of me with it. She's just a lovely person. I didn't realize her brother was an NHL player. He came with her, too. That, that, how crazy was that? Well, their brother, didn't he sign, I think, is with the new Seattle franchise, if memory is not mistaken. But what I wanted to ask you, Will, is TIFF is coming up fairly soon. 
How did you get to be one of these guys who is stationed at the red carpet and just gets to have all these amazing opportunities to see the stars up and close? I think that the passion that I have for covering things, like covering film, celebrity stars, it's, it's palpable. So, I mean, that, that's afforded me a lot of opportunities, and it comes from a genuine place. I mean, I've always been a huge fan of movies, in addition to thoroughbred racing since I was a kid. I've been going to the racing since I was three years old, but also... On the other flip side, I've been watching movies and a huge fan of television and, and pop culture, things of that sort. So um, how, it, how it all started was about 12 years ago during the film festival. I mean, I was going to the film festival just watching movies, but some generous person out there gave me this amazing tip that press junkets were taking place at the Sutton Place Hotel. It's no longer in existence, so, um, but it was just like a magical spot. Not a lot of people knew about it. You'd have people like George Clooney, Brad Pitt, Julianne Moore. It was just crazy. The Charlize Theron, all these people would be coming through here, and I would, you know, have my camera, grab these fabulous snaps of them, just really close, intimate shots, and, you know, what was I going to do with all these photos? So I had to put them online somewhere. you got to show them off. So uh, that drew the attention of some TV stations. Um, so, yeah, coincidentally, like Sun TV, I know Perry Lockwood, I, I idolize you. I, I need to take a moment to let everyone know that. Like, I grew up, and I don't mean to age you in any way because you're not that old. Uh, so, I, I followed your picks, read, read your articles as a kid. You know, th those were gold to me as a kid. So it's actually a real full circle moment right now, being able to speak to you, Perry. So kudos to you. You are a legend. Um, but, you know... Uh, hey, Jim, are you listening to all this stuff, Jim? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean it, honestly, Perry. Like, uh, Perry's one of the... the, the, the you know, because you can find, you know, in the mainstream, much information about thoroughbred racing. So always, you know, flipping the Toronto Sun, that horse racing section, that was... That was my goal, because I couldn't afford daily racing forms as a kid. So, I mean, that meant a lot to me. So I just need to take a moment to acknowledge that for the, the listeners, because Perry Lefko, you are a legend, absolutely. Uh, but, but let's just go back to the story. Uh, you know, um, I started getting invited by television stations to showcase my photos. And then from that, you know, I, I started reviewing films. Uh, from that, I got uh, you know, invites to cover red carpets, press junkets, uh, you know, preview films on my site, and it, everything just spiraled out of that. And I, you know, I have a collective group of uh, writers. We, we, we share the uh, resources together. We review films together. We're just a small little community. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, they've helped build the site to what it is today, and um, that's MrBullong.com. Uh, well, just before we let you go, I mean, of, of all the pictures you've taken, of all the scenes that you've been involved in, uh, what stands out and, and why? And, and maybe it's positive. We hope it's positive, but maybe it isn't. What, what can you tell us about that? Oh, my gosh. Like, in the horse racing world, I mean, just back in 2015, seeing American Pharaoh win the Triple Crown. I mean, it was like 40, was it 40 years that we hadn't seen a Triple Crown winner. But being able to go to Monmouth Park in New Jersey, seeing him win a race, he won the Haskell Invitational in person. Like, that was just, you know, that was a, a moment I'll never forget. That was witnessing history. On the celebrity side, seeing people like, you know, Meryl Streep, she was at TIFF a few years ago, just being inches away from her, you know, icons like that. I've been so privileged to be afforded these, you know, these opportunities to, um, you know, to be trusted to, you know, to, 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 to capture these moments and, and document them. It's, you know, uh, the list goes on. Why don't you check out MrWillWong.com, just go through our interview section or the, the celebrity spotting section. You'll see exactly what I'm talking about. We will. Will, thanks very much. Appreciate it. No problem, Jim Perry. Thank you so much for the chat. It's been a pleasure.
our thrill. That's Will Wong. Uh, at Mr. Will W is the Twitter account, and he gave you his website, so something to check out there. Coming up next, we hope to have Jim Cuddy with us. This segment is sponsored by Braley Financial Advisors Incorporated. Financial Advisor Herb Braley, ready to help you with your financial needs. If you want a comfortable and real conversation about your options, contact Herb at one 734 3055 or visit his website, BraleyAdvisors.com. With 30 years of experience, Herb will help you do what you want to do with your money and get it back to you when you need it the most. Financial clarity and comfort with Braley Financial Advisors Incorporated. Stay safe on the water this summer. For all your marine safety needs, visit fox40shop.com. Use the code YESGUY for 15% off your entire order at fox40shop.com. This is YESGUY, TSN 1050, tsn1050.ca, also available on the TSN and iHeartRadio apps. Yes, guy, Jim Taddy and Perry Left go with you. Homeowners are first-time buyers. If you're considering purchasing, refinancing, if your mortgage is coming up for renewal, talk to Dean Romani, TMG SafeBridge Mortgage Solutions. Dean will provide you with custom-tailored mortgage solutions for all your needs. You can contact him on Twitter at MTG Dean. Visit his website, DeanRomani.com, or give him a call at 416-885-1761. Pleased to have with us now Jim Cuddy. Jim, how are you today, sir? I am excellent. Thank you very much. How are you? Good, good, thanks. Um, I, you know, I guess I, I was happy to see you at the Queen's Plate performing. It's always great to hear your music and, and see you out and about. Uh, when you go back over the last year and a half, um, as, as a singer-songwriter, how, how did that affect you? Oh, it was crazy. I mean, I think that originally, you know, <clears throat> listen, I was packed and ready to go to the uh, Junos. My, my cab was coming, and I got the call that they were canceled. So it was that moment. I thought it'll last a month, maybe two months. And, of course, it turned into a year and a half, and everything that we had planned was canceled. So it was, a, it was, you know, it was disastrous, and then you'd coped with it, and then it was longer, and we were very productive. All of us wrote songs. We've got a Blue Rodeo record coming out in, in the fall or the early winter. I got a solo record ready to go. So, I mean, it was not time wasted, but it was sure weird. Well, Jim, I wanted to ask you about when you played on the Queen's Plate Day. In the history of your, you know, various venues, have you ever played at, at, a, at a at a track? <laughs> we've played an equestrian event, and we've played empty tracks. Uh, but no, I've never played a, a, a prestigious horse race before. And it was—I I really had a blast. I've never attended the Queen's Plate either, and. Uh, I had a blast. You know, the funny thing for me was, it, you know how hot it was that day. And I was wearing a coat and then underneath it a relatively thin orange shirt. And I knew that I had about those three songs till that shirt was completely soaked through and looked ridiculous. And I was right. By that, by that last song, my shirt was embarrassingly wet. So that was a, that was a lot of fun. I've always been curious about this, you know, depending on the venue. I mean, uh, you're putting stuff out into an audience, and, and it bounces back, right? So, so what kind of energy was there at the track that, that you could feed off? Well, I thought, they, I thought it was actually good energy. You know, there's people that we we'd certainly have reached a point in our lives, in our musical lives, where people know us. So even if we're playing someplace as as incongruent as the as the track as the Queen's Plate, there's people that come down around the little stage, and I, all of a sudden I saw friends up there. I didn't realize they were horse families, and so it was. You know, listen, I think that most musicians have enough ego that if they see one person listening, they're good to go. <laughs> <laughs> Jim, I wanted to ask you a question, which I've asked other musicians as well. 
Why do musicians want to become athletes, and why do athletes, from the ones you may have talked to, <laughs> want to be musicians? Well, I can tell you one key feature is, and I always bug my athlete friends, I'm like, your career has a shelf life. You know, you, you hit 30, 31, 33, you're done. And we don't have any shelf life. You know, Willie Nelson is 105, and he's still out there doing it. So that is a great little uh, jive. But I think that we share a similar disconnected uh, uh, um, travel lives. And I think that that is something that we appreciate. But I also think it's just dreaming about something that you, you know you can't do. And, I, I mean, I don't know very many athletes that can actually – um, really perform it, 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 music, and I certainly don't know very many musicians that are, are anywhere near professional athlete status. So I think it's just dreaming and the similar lifestyles. You know, you do a lot of neat things. One of the neatest things that you do, in my opinion, is that, that Christmas train ride that where you make, I guess, whistle stops for whatever reason. A couple yeah. of years ago, I was in Woodstock visiting a friend and went down to the train station, and, of course, the doors open, and, and the Jim Cuddy band is there. And, and, I mean, three or four songs, and away you go to the next stop. I think that is fantastic. How do you feel about that? Uh, you know what? I, I love all that stuff. I think I think that for the first half of our, our musical life, we really were concentrating on building an audience and doing all the things that enhance a career. And then I got to the point where I thought, I'm just going to say yes to everything and see how it goes. And, you know, that's not it's not a moneymaker on that holiday train, but it was, first of all, it was amazing riding a uh, train where you have a, your own little uh, uh, cabinet and cabinet. And uh, and going through all these places all across Canada, beautiful. It's not always fun playing outside. Sometimes, you know, when when it's 20 below, your fingers are are just like blocks of wood when you're when you're standing out there. But I had friends with me over, and we we jam out, and and it was uh, it was beautiful to see the country. I never get tired of of seeing our beautiful country. So. It was a it was a great experience, and I think you're bringing a little bit of joy to people too. You know, raising some yeah. money and food for the food banks, and and bringing a little cheer to to that town. Well, Jim, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention my brother Elliot, who's a concert promoter, and he's been a big part of, of my life, and he's been a big part of your life. And I, mm -hmm. I just wanted to ask you, just in general, about the Canadian music scene, where it was when you started, and where it is right now. Well, you know, I think that one of the amazing things is that uh, when we started, there wasn't a lot of opportunities for people to 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 really even get get big in Canada, let alone break out of Canada. And there was a there was a whole bunch of bands that came along at the same time: Jeff Healy and Katie Lang and the Cowboy Junkies and and us and and so many other bands that all of a sudden expanded those those boundaries, whether they were in Canada or internationally. And now, I think, if you start a band, if you play music in Canada, you know no boundaries. There's no, there's nothing that says, oh, well, we better do this to, to get our music played in the States or in England or in Europe. And that's, a, that's an enormous change. That's a, that's a, 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 a huge different construction. Of, of the music biz. I think it's obviously difficult. I mean, when we started, we, we were also in the time when they were the biggest record sales ever and bands sustained themselves on record sales. So although the, the, the world is boundaryless now, it's hard to make a living in, in music because you don't have those record sales 
to keep you going when you're writing a, a record or making a record or just need a break from the road. You know, Jim, you and, and Greg and your band have a lot of songs together. The one that really hits me the most is Try. When you're playing one of your songs, would you say it's Try or one of, one of the ones that really, really grabs the audience? Yeah, I think Try is certainly, Try is, is one, it was our first hit. And, and I think it was, I'm not saying that, you know, gratuitously, it was actually a hit. It was a top five hit across the country. And it changed our lives because it, it was, since it was played everywhere, the video was played everywhere, all of a sudden everybody knew us. So that gave us opportunities that we would never have had before. But I would say that <clears throat> or Hasn't Hit Me Yet or Lost Together. And Lost Together, we have played at significant times when we, you know, when we've been receiving a nice award and we play lost together because I think it really resonates with people being together. Try, I think, has this beautiful memory to it that people can remember where they were. It's a bit romantic and, uh, and it was really pervasive. So, you know, as much as after a couple of years, I got really sick of singing Try because sometimes we were doing it twice a night when we were in the clubs. So I took a year off. And then after that year, I started playing it again, and I realized, I don't know why I was sick of this. It's great. I've enjoyed it ever since. And it's also just such a great thing to, to, to know that how the audience is going to react, to have in your back pocket. So I, I definitely love it now. You know, that's, that's an interesting premise, and I think any performer would have that uh, sort of uh, issue. Is you, know, you have the past. Uh, you have to evolve sort of forward, and you have to bring the past with you don't you yeah you that's know, perfectly what perfectly said i mean i think that you have to bands have to keep going they, we have to keep writing songs and doing records and you can't just become a karaoke machine for yourself but all that said the thing that the thing that supports new music is is the memory songs and when you when you do a new song and you get let the audience get used to it and then you know that you have a song like hit me or or lost together, or try, and you can do that and keep the audience buoyant. Uh, it's it's a great it's a great feeling. I mean, you know, there's, and there's tons of bands like that. I mean, I just played with Fifty Four Forty about two weeks ago, and you realize it, when you hear their set, you think you guys have ten hits. There's ten songs that everybody knows, and that's a that's a really good energy charge in your set. You know, Jim, one thing you mentioned that you referenced the Junos, and every year at the Junos, I think it's the night before, a bunch of musicians play against former NHL players. That must be the biggest buzz, you know, that you can possibly experience. <laughs> it's the biggest buzz, and it's often the most humiliating night of the year. Now, we have been able to assemble a lot more really good players, you know, Chad Brownlee and and Sam Roberts, people that can really play. So we have definitely surprised the NHLers a few times. But as Paul Coffey once told me, if we didn't want you to ever touch the puck, you would never touch the puck. And I think I think he's right. I mean, they can't be too they can't be too hard on us, or they look like bullies and they get booed, and nobody nobody likes that. But um, it is it is really for a great cause. Music counts is the is the cause, and that provides musical instruments to schools to preserve their programs. So it's very easy to get everybody involved. And then there's a jam after the after the show. All the musicians play a song or two. So. It is, it's a great way. You know, one of the things it was originally meant to do was 
people used to be too cool to go to the Junos. And they just wouldn't show up or they'd show up to receive an award. And what we tried to do was create events whereby people would want to come. And this was one of them. This, 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 uh, this hockey game brought a lot of people to come and stay for the weekend. And it's a lot more fun when the whole tribe gets together. Jim, thanks very much. Uh, you've got uh, Blue Rodeo stuff coming out. You've got your own stuff coming out. When does it come out? How do people get it? Uh, the Blue Rodeo stuff will probably come out. Uh, there'll probably be songs coming out in November, December, but the record will come out in January, and I believe we're touring in January. And then mine, you know, because it's <laughs> it got bumped down the, the uh, ladder, I guess it'll just come out maybe the following fall or something like that. I'll just finish it in the fall, and then whenever Blue Rodeo is done touring, I'll, I'll put it out. Jim, thanks very much. Great to talk with you. I think we all enjoyed that. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me on. I appreciate it. Our pleasure. That's Jim Cuddy. At Jim Cuddy is the Twitter account. And homeowners are first-time buyers. If you're considering purchasing, refinancing, if your mortgage is coming up for renewal, talk to Dean Romani, TMG, SafeBridge Mortgage Solutions. He specializes in mortgage financing for purchases, refinances, home equity line of credit, and private lending. Dean will provide you with custom-tailored mortgage solutions for all your needs. You can contact him on Twitter at MTG Dean. Visit his website, DeanRomani.com, or give him a call at 416-885-1761. Fox 40 is proud to announce the launch of Ron Foxcroft's new book, The 40 Ways of the Fox. Order your copy today at Fox40Shop.com. Net proceeds go to Liberty for Youth and City Kids, two organizations that do wonderful work in our community. Oh, Yes Guy. Yes Guy, No Guy is next. This is Yes Guy, TSN 1050.